Well, good morning, everybody. It's uh, so very good to, to be here. Uh, I want to uh, thank you for the opportunity to stand before you as as I continue to try to, to, to hone in on this on this skill, hone on this skill to be able to proclaim God's word. Uh, everyone has been so kind to me in the past to uh, continue to encourage me and and uh, let me know where I can improve things. And that is exactly what I'm requesting once more is just for your attention uh, and, and specifically your attention as we focus on the word of God, that everything being said and done here is is in strict accordance with that word. Uh, we do have visitors among us, and you are honored guests, and, and I apologize, I'm not the normal preacher, like I said, but uh, just bear with us, we'll get through this, and hopefully we'll all uh, learn something from this. I am looking forward to this lesson, I'm looking forward to, to spending some time with, with you in God's Word, and, I, and I'm going to ask for uh, your patience this morning, as, as some of the things I will say might be somewhat uh, emotionally hard to express, and, and that is not because... I intend to get emotional, but it's because the subject of this lesson has to do with something very dear and close to my heart, and that is our children. More specifically, the the spiritual relationship that exists with those children. And I know the title of the sermon says, uh, A Father's Prayer, but but that is intended to represent a prayer uh, that is led for a family as a leader. It is by no means uh, diminishing the prayers of a mother. So moms, please don't get up in arms uh, about about this. This is about your prayers as well. And for those of you who don't have children, you might be thinking, well, I don't have a dog in this fight. Uh, but you'd be wrong in this case. This, this sermon is going to apply to everyone uh, in this room some way and somehow. There is going to be a lot of talking on my part. Now, I tend to uh, try to... Include as much scripture as possible, but this this was a difficult lesson for me to do that with. So again, you're going to be doing a lot of staring and listening. Just bear with me, please. It's a sermon that I've wanted to write for a long time now, and I kept thinking I couldn't write it or preach it yet because I simply don't have the years of experience. Uh, and the, the truth is, I still don't have the experience. I have four children, but but they're all young, and, and there's a long road ahead of uh, for me. There are men in this congregation, in this room, who are uh, much more qualified to stand up here and talk about the spiritual journey with their children, and, and when they sign up to preach, they can talk about that. Uh, but right now, I'm going to do my best to talk about that. So, but seriously, I do absorb what these men say and what they do. I've learned from listening, from watching, and from asking others uh, in regards to, to, to how they go about their, their daily lives with those children. Um, And while that advice is certainly coveted, we are still individually responsible as parents to make the decisions for our children and our families. We are the one going home with those children. And with that comes the decisions of what kind of example or leader we will be, what kind of encouragement or discipline we will give, and what kind of prayers we will offer both among each other and on our own. Would you please be taking your Bibles and opening up to Psalm 127? Psalms 127. The psalmist wrote in the 127th chapter here, and looking at verses 3 through 5, says, Children are a heritage from the Lord, offspring a reward from Him. Like arrows in the hands of the warrior are children born in one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They will not be put to shame when they contend with their opponents in court. 
Children are a blessing. And I would venture to say that even those who are ignorant of Scripture might say that. But to those who follow His Word, God reminds us, and the psalmist reminds us, that these children are a blessing from Him. When God created humans, He created a way for humans to procreate. Now, I don't know how much studying you may or may, have, uh, may not have done in the, in the past on, on the, the formation of children in the womb, but I will say it is truly fascinating. The complexity that exists, uh, and yet the life that comes from that, will leave you in awe and amazement. And it's because of the way God designed us, and through His providence, we have procreated since the beginning of time. And as parents, when you, when you look at this child, when you feel and hold that child, you experience that sense of reward, if you will, and it's a beautiful thing. But with that beauty comes a whole new set of challenges in life. And, and I'm not just talking about the first couple of diaper changes, although those are pretty challenging. Uh, parents, you know exactly what I'm talking about, don't you? When, when they are babies, and especially when it's your first, you kind of uh, find yourself second-guessing that whole blessing and reward thing. Those sleepless nights, the, the worrisome cries and shrills, uh, and when they are finally quiet... What happens? You still can't sleep. You're, you're sitting there wondering, well, are they breathing? Are they okay? So you're still up. It's, it's instinctual. Now, I will say that gets a little bit better with the more kids you have, because there's been nights Daphne and I don't go near Thatcher if he's quiet. Sometimes it's the opposite. Look, he's quiet. Just, just don't open the door. Uh, don't breathe around him. Don't talk. Let's go outside and everybody get away from the windows. Uh, the truth is, though, You'll always have the thought there in the back of your mind because you love them. You're worried for them and you're concerned for them. It's a love that is unexplainable, a bond that you cannot describe and that you can't imagine ever being able to be broken. Children truly are a reward. Now, I could go on about those early, early years of of children's lives and what we may or may not expect, but that is not actually the focal point of where we're going. I want to talk about the prayers uh, that form uh, from us as Christians and as Christian parents throughout the process of that child's life, and especially as that child gets to the learning stages. We pray from the start of that life for the growth and development of that baby, for the mother and her health, for a safe delivery and, and no complications, and these are all vitally important and needed prayers. Once that time frame has been fulfilled, and, and we are prayerfully thankful for the success of that pregnancy and the delivery, the prayers begin to change just, just little by little toward that child. We still pray for the, for the health, the safety, and growth, but prayer can become twofold. When you see that that child starts to be able to learn and, and walk and talk and learn from you, the parent. And I say twofold because as Christian parents, we should feel comfortable praying for our children and ourselves. But what for? A part of my prayers as a father and a family is to pray for the guidance and wisdom to teach those children what is right in the sight of the Lord. The book of Proverbs, which should be just a few uh, uh, pages over from where you're at, the book of Proverbs is filled with great information about children. In Proverbs 22.6, Proverbs 22.6 reads, Train up a child in the way he should go, and even when he is old, he will not depart from it. And I'm also going to reference Deuteronomy 6, 5 through 7. If, uh, if you don't have time to turn to some of these, that's okay. I'm going to read everything for you. Deuteronomy 6, 5 through 7 says, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. 
And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. We have a duty and obligation as parents to teach our kids the ways of life. And I would guess that everyone in this room who is a parent at some point or another has or currently wants their kids to grow up in a manner that is respectable and with knowledge and in ability, especially in spiritual matters. These passages give us two great instructions. Train up a child, which implies starting young. And if you were wondering when that is, my personal opinion is that it's never too early. As a matter of fact, I I personally think that that little baby listens to those hymns. Uh, to those scriptures you read, and though they may not recognize the words yet, they can recognize the voice. And that's a voice they will learn to listen to a long, long time. Secondly, we are told to be diligent in our teaching. That is to be careful and persistent, to be thorough. This is the kind of teaching that, that father and or mother sits down and opens up that Bible and helps them to read and to understand and to repeat and learn those words. And furthermore, I'm going to add that this is or should be a primary focus of our duties as parents. The mentality exists in the world that it's another person's responsibility to teach our kids certain things. Now, I'm not knocking education or the profession of teachers because they are needed and that education is needed. But it is not their job to raise our kids. And the value of a Bible class teacher is beyond words. And I'll say this, we should pray for them as well in educating our children. But it is not the job of the Bible class teacher to be the only spiritual leadership that our child receives. Nor should they be the majority of the spiritual leadership that our child receives. Bible class is so very important and needed, but it should be supplementary compared to the instruction our children receive from us as parents. The real, in-depth, consistent, persistent, and diligent teaching should be done as a family. Parents, I speak from very little experience, but I know enough to say this. If, if we aren't willing to talk God with our children, there's a good chance they aren't going to want to talk God with us. Now, I don't know how you feel about that, but, but I would prefer my kids want to be able to talk to me about godly things and ask me questions about godly things and be interested in godly things. Our children need our leadership and they need our instruction through God's word to grow in love and in trust and in faith. So when we pray, let's pray for that strength and consistency as parents to teach our children. Let's pray for the ability to teach them diligently. And yes, pray including those Bible class teachers and friends and family who educate them in the word of God as well. Now we all know that that every child is a little different. I've got four kids, so I've got four personalities uh, I'm going to be dealing with. And however many kids you have is how many personalities you're going to be encountering. And all of those personalities require from you as a parent, patience. I kind of imagine in my head as I say that, that some of you teen parents are sitting there thinking, oh, Luke, let me just tell you about patience. And and yeah, I know, I know. I'm I'm coming up on some pretty hard times. I'm sure I'm looking forward to that. But hear me out. All Christians will encounter the need to have patience whether you have children or not. Patience in your everyday life, in your job, in the world, maybe with your spouse, but I'm not going to hone too hard in on that one. Parents, we have a lot going on. And not only is there a demand of patience with all of those things, but a demand of patience with our children, both in teaching them and in our daily walk with them. And especially, I think, 
in disciplining and correcting them. Now, there are a slew of verses that come from, from the book of Proverbs, as I was talking about earlier, that talk about things that, that pertain to uh, correcting children. And I'm going to read uh, these off to you because they're short and, and, and sweet. Uh, and I've got a lot of them listed here. So Proverbs 12, uh, I missed Proverbs 12.1. Proverbs 12.1, whoever loves uh, discipline loves knowledge, but he who hates reproof is stupid. Proverbs 22.6, train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. Proverbs 23.13-14, do not withhold discipline from a child. If you strike him with a rod, he will not die. If you strike him with a rod, you will save his soul from Sheol. Proverbs 29.15, the rod and reproof give wisdom, but a child left to himself brings shame to his mother. Proverbs 29.17, discipline your son and he will give you rest. He will give delight to your heart. And I'm going to throw this one in from the New Testament. Hebrews 12 and verse 11, for the moment all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Now Luke... You wouldn't really spank those precious kids, would you? Yep. <laughs> you know what I learned a long time ago from my youth that didn't require expert advice? Spankings hurt, but spankings work. And, and I got a lot of them. Now, I'm not going to get on a soapbox on the best kind of discipline for children because the same is true that every child is different and may require varying styles of discipline. And for example, I can just stare at Kylie when she's in trouble and she'll start crying. But if I stare at Tate when he does something bad, he stares right back. And he holds. And he tests. And he smirks. <laughs> and if I'm reaping what I sowed against my parents and stubbornness, well, then I need to go hug my mama every time I have a chance and tell her I love her. Because there are days I want to curl up in a ball in the corner of a room and cry my man tears out because of Tate. He wears you out. So we know that Tate does and will continue to require different discipline than Kylie. And Hunter's is different than both of theirs. And Thatcher's will be different than both and all of theirs. It, it, it is different, but it must take place. Discipline must take place. If you love your children, then you will discipline them at some point in time. If you want your children to grow up with proper respect to the Lord's commands, you will have to discipline them. I used to get so irritated at those phrases, it hurts us more than it hurts you. Or, one day you'll understand when you have kids of your own. Well, you win, mom and dad. It is hard to discipline your kids. But I ask you parents, for every disciplinary action you have taken to correct your child, how did you feel about it later? How did you feel about it when you saw that correction? We all know that proper discipline leads to reward. It yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness. And so, yes, I would say that our prayers could and should include, as parents, the request for patience and the patience, strength, and consistency in disciplining our children so that they learn to respect the love of the Lord, uh, the love and, and to love the Lord, which brings me to the next uh, prayer inclusion, which is praying for their obedience to the Lord. In James in verse uh, chapter 1 and verse 25, James 1 and verse 25 reads, But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. 
I'm going to reference Luke 11:28, but he said, "Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and keep it." As I was going through thoughts in this sermon, it hit me that I needed more than what I could give alone. I called a few men from this very congregation, men who had children both young and old, and I asked them a set of questions. I had a good idea of what the feedback would be, but it was so much better to hear them actually say it. The kind of questions I asked were these. What kind of things did you pray for when they were young? How have your prayers changed over the years in regards to your kids? What kind of prayers did you pray for yourself, and did that change as the kids got older? And for those who had uh, children that are Christians, I asked, how has your prayer changed since your child was or or became obedient? So, Lakeside, you are going to get a taste of some of the mentality of some of the men here who may be sitting right beside you. What kind of fathers they are and what kind of prayers they give daily. And this is the summary of their answers. What kind of things did you pray for when they were young? My prayers have always been that my kids would grow in the knowledge of the Lord, that I could lead them as, a, as their father, that I would be a good example, and that one day they would become obedient. How have your prayers changed over the years in regards to your kids? They haven't really changed in terms of what I want for them in regards to spiritual things. Yes, age brings new challenges, but I still want them to make the right decisions and to be good influence, and I want to be a good influence on those decisions. What kind of prayers did you pray for yourself? And did that change as the kids got older? Mainly that I would be able to do everything I could to lead them and teach them and bring them to obedience. That I could keep God as my focus and encourage them to do the same. And for those who had children, how has your prayer changed since your child uh, became obedient? None. In regards to obedience, of course, I don't necessarily pray that they come to obedience and becoming a Christian, but everything else remains the same. I still pray for them to make good decisions, that I will be a good example to them, and that they will remain faithful to God no matter what. Did that surprise anyone? I hope not. I hope you expected that a father's prayer would remain the same even after his child has obeyed. We know and understand there will come a day when our children leave our home. But you know what? They are still our children. And we are still their parents. And as their parents, we know they will face temptations and struggles and hardships that that we may not always be present in body to help with. But hopefully by that time, if we've done a good job, they will know our prayers are lifted for them to remain faithful through it all. And And that they will reflect on their father's words and instruction and that they will put God first through it all. We're looking at a few passages here. Second Peter 3 and verse 17. 2 Peter 3.17 reads, You therefore, beloved, knowing this beforehand, take care that you are not carried away with the errors of lawless people and lose your own stability. James 1.12 Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. And that last point, it reminded me of an invitation I gave a few years ago when I used Matthew 6 and 33, which is, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. One of the most profound moments in my life as a teenager was when my dad came to me and said, whatever you do, wherever you go, just put God first. It is the most important thing you can do in this life. Amen.
And this is the same kind of advice I will give my children. And I will teach them to teach their children, Lord willing, one day. Which brings me to probably my last point in question, which is, when do a father's prayers stop? It's a very rhetorical question. A parent's prayer will likely never stop. You can you can come and ask me after services, how long do I plan to teach my children? How long, Luke? How long do I plan to be an example? How long will I pray for them to be faithful and to make good decisions? And I'm going to tell you exactly when those words leave my prayers. It's when the last breath leaves my body. I am dad as long as I walk this earth. That's my plan. I will love them and encourage them in spiritual things with every step. That's my plan. I will not cease to ask for strength and guidance and wisdom to be bestowed upon myself and upon them. That, that is my prayer. And 1 Thessalonians reminds me of this when it says to pray without ceasing. A godly father and a godly mother will spend hours, years even, making physical and exhaustive sacrifices to ensure the safety of their child. And more than this, the spiritual well-being of their child. They will instill in that child the importance of putting God first in all things and understanding the reward of heaven is greater than any reward they will ever find here on earth. And they will never stop praying for those kids to become or remain faithful or to come back to the faith if that child has fallen away. So where does that leave the rest of us? Maybe those who don't have children. Well, you'll be glad to know that that we parents, we need your help. And we need your encouragement. And we need your prayers. I'm going to pick on Glenn and Kathy Price, and I'm I'm almost kind of glad they're not here because I might have embarrassed them. There have been times when we wanted to do something for our kids or, or with the kids to instill work ethic and to instill responsibility. And when we didn't have a lot to offer in terms of good, hard-working chores, we called and asked if we could bring the, the kids over to do uh, chores in the barn, or, or chores in their yard, to rake the leaves, or, or whatever it is, feed the cats, scoop the poop out of the horse shed. We didn't care, just give them something to do. And Glenn and Kathleen, they, they gladly let our kids come over, and, and they would watch our kids on occasion. We have spent time around their table discussing godly things in front of our kids, and they have encouraged Hunter with his prayer at dinner time. These things do not go unnoticed. Those of you who help and encourage others' children, who teach classes when you don't have small children of your own, when you gladly include these kids in your prayers and offer assistance to families in needs, our kids need these things, and we parents need those things. And our kids learn from those things, and they learn from you too. You are an important piece to the puzzle in helping us fathers, us families, raise our children to godly goals. Many here have done things like that, and you should know how glad parents are, how glad I am to have friends and brothers and sisters who care for my kids as well, and for all our kids here at Lakeside. And to you children, all I can say is be thankful. Not just for the physical blessings you have, much of what your parents have provided for you, but be thankful that they have taken the time to teach and show you what is right by being here today. Thankful that when you aren't thinking about your life today or tomorrow, they are. And thankful that they love you so much that they make hard decisions in discipline and in correction. And it's all because they want you to go to heaven. Now, I know I haven't spoken much to the matters of, of 
steps of salvation or sin in our lives and, and correcting that. But I have given you thoughts and a lesson from my heart. One that, like I said, has weighed on me for some time now. If you have children, you probably know, and if you don't, then I'll tell you, that all the pain, the worry, the tears, and trembling prayers will be worth it when those children give their lives to Christ. I know that from many Christian families who I've talked to, and I know that in my heart because it's my greatest hope. All I want to be as a father when this life is said and done is a father that taught and influenced his children to be strong in the faith for life. And as well, you know now that many fathers here in this same room share those same kind of prayers. That all being said, we never want to leave an opportunity out for anyone who has found themselves at odds with living as they should. And it could very well be that someone has realized as a parent you haven't put forth as much effort as you think you ought to have. And you want to be a better example or influence, or perhaps you just need encouragement as a parent. Maybe you aren't a parent, but you still realize that your focus has not been set on seeking first the kingdom of God. Perhaps you have not obeyed the gospel and you realize what is truly important in this life above all the physical things here on earth in rendering your life to Christ. We have the opportunity to assist in any way. And we offer that opportunity now. So if you would please, just let it be known. Come forward as we stand and as we sing.